This is the Cardinals Insiders Podcast presented by AZ Central Sports. Download the AZC Sports app on iTunes or Google Play to get the latest episodes as well as in-depth coverage from our entire team all season long. Well, at least it probably can't get any worse, right? What's up, everybody? Ryan Wynn here for another week of the Cardinals Insiders Podcast. Coming at you a little later in the week for a couple reasons. First, we wanted to watch that 34-0 loss to the Rams out of our mouths. And second, we waited to see if there might be a change at quarterback. But Steve Wilkes has said he's sticking with Sam Bradford for now. So we'll talk with Bob McManaman and Ken Summers about whether or not that's the right move or if it's already time to start the Josh Rosen era. But first, let's set the table by getting to know the Cardinals' Week 3 opponent, the Chicago Bears. The Bears are 1-1, one one, fresh off a Monday night win over the Seattle Seahawks. They are led on offense by second-year quarterback Mitchell Trubisky. He's got the Bears ranked just 29th in total offense through those two weeks. Uh, he does have some weapons on offense, though, namely running backs Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, as well as newly added wide receiver Allen Robinson. But if we're talking about new additions, obviously the Bears' big move was trading for pass rush monster Khalil Mack. For two games, he has eight tackles, two sacks, and an interception return for a touchdown. Now he goes up against a Cardinals offensive line that was already missing starting right tackle Andre Smith last week. Uh, guard Mikey Potty's also banged up, so this could be bad. They rank eighth overall in team defense and lead the league in sacks with 10. Sam Bradford could be running for his life in this game and has already struggled enough. And that's a perfect segue into our conversation with our insiders. Why is Bradford still starting? How can they get this offense to move the ball? And is there any chance of a win on Sunday? Let's find out. All right, columnist Kent Summers with us now. Kent, I was uh, nodding vigorously with your column on Sunday, calling for the Cardinals to start Josh Rosen at quarterback, but apparently that's not going to happen yet. So my plain question to you is why? (laughs) Uh, Apparently they didn't want to lay this all at the feet of Sam Bradford, and, you know, nor should they. Uh, It's not all his fault. I, you know, I I think they're going to give him one more week. They they really want to turn this around, and, and maybe they don't want to put Josh Rosen in charge of this mess right now. That's you know disguised as an offense, um, and I think that's it. But I don't think we're very far away from seeing Josh Rosen. Uh, I really don't. I don't know if Sam Bradford struggles in the middle of the Bears game, if they'll bring Rosen in mid-game, or if they would prefer to have him, you know, make his debut after a week's prep or whatever. But I don't think they'll watch much more of of Sam Bradford and this offense struggle without making a move. Yeah, it doesn't even look like a modern NFL offense out there. Is this a personnel problem or is it a Mike McCoy problem? I mean, at this point, you have to say it's a little bit of both. It has to be... uh, of both you, you see very little if any creativity in it there's no misdirection there's no concerted effort to get david johnson the ball they i think they've only flanked him out as a receiver maybe once or twice in two games now in mccoy's defense it, it is hard to show much creativity when you can't convert on third downs when you're four of 20 when you can't even you know get to you know probably three quarters of your play call sheet but again that's that's his job and that's I think the biggest task going into this Bears game is they've got to figure out how to convert on third downs they're four of 20 in in these two games and and you know it's a reason big reason they're last in the league in offense and last in the league in scoring et cetera et cetera 
Yeah, obviously a lot of fans on social media, they're already calling for Steve Wilkes to be fired. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But a lot of the anger stems from the perception that this was a so-called retool instead of a rebuild. Do you think internally the Cardinals knew this was actually a rebuilding year? Or is this debacle taking them by surprise? I think they're taken by surprise. Uh, I really do. I think, you know, probably Michael Bidwell and Steve Keim and, and Steve Wilkes were realistic enough to know that this was probably not a a 12 and four kind of team, but I don't think they ever envisioned that it could be this bad and it would be a, you know, look more like a four and 12 team at best. And that's, that's what's happened. So I think it's a, a little bit of a shock to them. I, I you know, the, the offense certainly, but especially on defense, I mean, we can't absolve that group of no. blame here. I mean, they've given up 40 points in the second quarter. I mean, this isn't just them being worn down by being on the field all the time because their offense can't get a first down. You know, I, I'm always of the opinion too. It's like, Hey, you're, you're allowed to make the other guy go three and out too. Right. You know, when, when defenses start to complain about being on the field too much. So yeah, they, they've broken down. They've, they started actually both games really well. And then toward the end of the first quarter, they seem to wilt. And then the second quarter, they just get hammered. Yeah, the only position that you know shouldn't really have a change right now is just kicker, and that's just because Phil Dawson has literally not touched the field other than for kickoffs. Um, <laughs> yeah, one, 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 twice, I think. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's uh, yeah, exactly. And, and punter Andy Lee's been really, really good too, even though they gave up a ton of punt return yards last week to you know somebody named Jojo Natson of the Rams, who's you know was just picked up after being in camp with them. So, but yeah, their 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 kicking game has has been you know just fine. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to give up the other position groups Fs, I guess we can give them Cs for right now. But obviously, we're not making a change at quarterback yet. So if they came to you, Ken Summers, and they said, "All right, what kind of changes should we make on personnel for Week Three against the Bears?" What would you do? I'd find a way to get Dayon Buchanan back into the defensive lineup and playing more than 35% of the snaps um, as he did last week. I understand he wasn't very good against the Redskins in week one. He struggles at times in coverage, but I still think he's a better option at inside linebacker than anyone else you've got. And I'd also find a way to get Hassan Reddick onto the field on, on defense. You know, they, they've, they're basically a, a defense where their base look is a nickel with, you know, Trey Boston and Buda Baker and Antoine Bethea safeties all in the, the starting lineup. I, I think I would substitute, say, a Trey Boston and try to get a Hassan Reddick on the field and give him a chance to grow and to show the reason why they took him 13th overall. Now, maybe, you know, maybe he fails, but I think you at least have to give him uh, a look. I would also really delve into why Chandler Jones is you know hasn't made the impact that he did the first two weeks. I, you know, I know he's gone against two uh, really good left tackles and and especially Bob Whitworth of the Rams last week. But okay, move him around. You know, rush him off the other side, which they really haven't done. Um, and I think that was one of the things he you know he was really strong at doing under the former staff under coordinator James Betcher. So I'd move him around. I offensive side of the ball I'd really emphasize to Sam Bradford look you need to spend longer time going through your progressions I, I know he's under pressure but he really hasn't been hit that often and too often it seems to me he's looking at one guy that's not open okay I'm going to get rid of the ball and he's doing it sometimes before he has to and they have to throw passes that are in the air longer than than five yards and as I said before, I would I would find any way I could to get the ball into David Johnson's 
hands. Uh, you know, under Bruce Arians, we saw a ton where David Johnson not only lined up in the slot as a receiver, but sometimes they flanked him out wide. And I realize that gives you one less person in pass protection, but you know, maybe it also creates a matchup for one of your most, maybe your most dynamic offensive player. So yeah, that's, th- those are steps I would take right away. And, and, and for this game, and I would emphasize to a defense, look, you know, we, we've got to start getting turnovers. I mean, we're struggling on offense. We need short fields. Uh, we, we've got to do, you know, what we did in, in preseason. We had 17 in four games. Yeah, and fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you're looking at it, they do have another game coming up this Sunday. So how do you see the Chicago Bears matching up in week three at State Farm Stadium? Yeah, you know, the way the Bears are playing defense and the way they've been able to press, uh, uh, rush the passer, especially with Khalil Mack, this doesn't look like a good matchup for the Cardinals uh, at all, especially their defense against the Cardinals offense. I think if the Cardinals are going to win this game, they, they their defense really has to dominate. They, they have to put some pressure on Mitchell Trubisky, who's looked shaky at times. I think they've got to force... Uh, some turnovers and they, they've got to make some plays on defense and in the kicking game, because I don't think a ton of big plays are going to come from, uh, from this offense uh, at all. But, in, and I think maybe that's a matchup where the Cardinals, you know, maybe they don't have an advantage, but they could at least go head to head with the bears. Something that they're even with at least is exactly. They- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and th- I, I couldn't say that last week as they start to face the Rams, you know, what the Rams did to them last year in, in two games. I thought, you know, that was sort of a mismatch in the offense, you know, that was in favor of the Rams uh, offense. But, uh, you know, this week, I, I, I think maybe they can do some things against that Bears, Bears offense. Do you have a uh, final prediction for Sunday you'd care to share? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the Bears. I'm going to you know say the Cardinals continue with their worst start since uh, 2005. I, I think it's going to be something like uh, 20 to 17 Bears. Well, I'm just rooting for competency and something competitive at this point. So yeah, yeah, that would that would be a, a definite change. I mean, we've we've seen two blowouts and being outscored 58 to six. I wanted to ask you, and this might be a little uh, too hyperbolic here, but you've seen a lot of Cardinals teams over the years and obviously a lot of bad Cardinals teams. Is this the worst you've ever seen a Cardinals team through two weeks? Through the first two weeks of a season, yeah, it is, uh, that I can remember. Uh, You know, there were bad stretches before, you know, in the final year of Dave McGinnis when 2003, when they, you know, um, create, you know, had to, had to, you know, clear the cap and had a lot of dead money and were playing with a bunch of guys who were rookie free agents. That was bad. I mean, I remember them getting blown out, you know, in, in Cleveland of all places. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, and there were some, the Wisenhunt years, you know, when they were trying to replace Kurt Warner and, and getting blown out 58 to nothing in Seattle. I mean, that, that was bad, but to start a season, um, yeah, I, I, and part of it is I just didn't see it coming. Yeah. I, you know, I, I didn't think this was necessarily a good team, but I didn't think it was an awful team. And that's what they've looked like for a couple of weeks. Well, I guess we'll see if they can turn it all around in week three. Thanks for joining us, man. You can follow him at Kent Summers on Twitter for all his analysis throughout the weekend. Uh, thanks again, Kent. We'll see you out there on Sunday. Great. Thanks, Ryan. All right, joined now by Cardinals insider Bob McManaman. So, Bob, have you been able to erase that last game from your memory banks yet? No. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was uh, that was a bad, bad 
day, and I, I, <clears throat> I haven't gotten over it. I don't know how they can or how they will. Look, I, I, I'll say this. Remember when the Bears lost opening week to the Packers, and and they got, you know, they blew a twenty nothing deficit, and then they lose on Aaron Rodgers' heroic moment, which has happened. We've seen it for years now. You'd think that would just tear the soul out of a team. It did. Bears bounce back. I think with this Cardinals team, the way they've started out, I don't think they have much of a soul at all left. I, I just don't know. I mean, it's so bad, Ryan, that I, I don't know how they bounce back and how do they move forward. How do they turn the page? Um, I just don't know how. I just don't know how it's going to happen. I mean, the storyline heading into this week was personnel changes might be coming. So obviously, we all had our eyes on quarterback, but apparently they're sticking with Sam Bradford for now. With that apparently comes a scaled down offense, whatever that means. So what could they possibly be scaling down this week? I'm talking to uh, most of the offensive line and coach during the quarterbacks talk. It, it just seems like they're throwing some things out of the window and scaling back in terms of uh, shrinking the playbook, um, not doing so many calls at the line of scrimmage, really just uh, blood and gutsing it, meaning um, we're going to do these plays, these plays only, until um, we can get it right, till we can start moving the chains. It'll be less time to think, less time to worry, and hopefully they execute and play faster. That's the whole goal of this thing. Now, whether they can do that against this Bears defense is a completely different story. The offense, obviously, we've talked about it the entire year, was supposed to run through David Johnson, and he has just 85 rushing yards through two games. So what can they do to get him looking like a top 10 running back, much less a number one fantasy pick? I mean, they're going to have to just see what he can do running the ball. They're going to have to try different ways of, of utilizing him as a running back. And uh, left, right, center, draw plays. Uh, he is capable of busting the long play. The offensive line needs to do a better job of, of creating that second line of scrimmage where he can get to the next level and just tear through, get a couple yards of head steam first. Uh, before he can start doing what he does. I've noticed this, though. I'll, I, I won't put it all on any everybody else. David Johnson seems to be running a little differently the first two weeks, whether that's because he's frustrated, the holes haven't been there as often as he'd like. I've noticed him, Ryan, kind of twisting and, and spinning far more greater than he ever did. He used to be lower that head, drive through, pounce through, and burst. Now it's uh, lower your head, don't look up, twist out of things try to spin off guys i liked it better when he was had his head up uh and was running over people bouncing off of guys not trying to spin out of a hole instead of trying to sneak through a hole he's he looks like he's just creating too much contact with his spins i i could be wrong but i've seen that a lot yeah i've seen that too and it's interesting that you mentioned that he might be getting frustrated i mean you look around the nfl obviously another offensive superstar antonio brown is getting frustrated with what's going on in pittsburgh so i wonder do you see any type of that kind of frustration out of david johnson outside of the fact that they're an 0-2 team and they look like one of the worst teams in the league no he's got he got paid right, <laughs> so he, he, you gotta remember he got paid he's happy i think david is very happy he's disappointed and maybe not getting the touches this is a huge year look he got they he proved it because they paid him now he wants to show the whole nfl people he thinks that have, that have given up on him that left him off the top 100 list that really ate away at him believe it or not i mean i didn't think he was that frail skin but apparently and i I don't blame him i mean i'd be kind of mad too if if i was him 
you're like number 12 in the, in the league and and then you you know you break your wrist and you're not even in the top 100 mm-hmm. after what he did in 2016 he wants to prove that he's the best back in the league or at least one of the top 3 I think he is I think you think he is I think we all think he is here but outside I guess the national perspective is he doesn't think that people believe that about him and he's out to prove them wrong so far he hasn't been able to do that because he hasn't gotten the help and he hasn't done it either yeah, so we talked about no change at quarterback, at least not yet. But are there going to be any yeah. other personnel changes elsewhere on the team? I would think there'd have to be. And, you know, I'd start with the cornerback situation on defense. Jamar Taylor has been getting torched the last these two weeks. He has too many defensive holding penalties for sure. <clears throat> Obviously, we don't get to watch practice. We see 20 minutes of stretching and kicking and some sled driving, and that's it. We don't get to see who's out there. Um, like we used to years and years ago, Ryan, in the good old days, <laughs> where we could stand out there in a chair and kick back with a cigar and watch practice all day. Watch Larry Fitzgerald do amazing things. We don't get the luxury anymore, and that's just the way it is around the league. Everybody's secretive. You don't want anybody to know anything, and social media advent prevented that. So if it was my guess, I think they'd put Benny, uh, Benet Benwickery at starting quarterback over Jamar, at least rotate him in a hell of a lot quicker than they have. You've seen Gerald Hodges fill in for Dayon Buchanan, which was a, sh- a shocker, completely out of left field. I know Buchanan had a horrible first game against Washington, but he's lost his starting job in addition to Hassan Reddick, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. It looks like they're holding open auditions. It looks like the first week of training camp, and that's pretty pathetic when you're in week three of a regular season. Yeah, and actually uh, I remember watching on TV during the uh, Rams game, Mark Schlereth called the offense, quote, pathetic, and no one could really argue with him. Um, <laughs> So do you see possibly if Sam Bradford comes out in this game and looks like the Sam Bradford he has the first two weeks that maybe Josh Rosen comes in in the middle of this game? If they don't score a point in the first half like they failed to do the first two games when they've been outscored 40 to nothing. I mean, let's just say that again. 40 to nothing (laughs) in the first half so far. Yeah, I I don't wait. I don't think Steve Wilkes waits. I don't think that's what they want to do, but it's what you have to do. Otherwise, you're going to get booed out of your own stadium if you're you're down by 20 to nothing at halftime again. Mm -hmm. There's no way any head coach can look at himself and his team without losing the locker room if you don't make a change. It's not what anybody wants to see happen, but it's it's what you do in this league. And look. He's coaching for his own job too. I mean, I know he's got a five-year deal, but or four-year deal, but it's not guaranteed, man. Yep. People get impatient. This team has shown a lot of patience in its staff, its general manager, who had a lot of issues. Uh, but results are bottom-line dollar here, man. And, I, and I'm telling you, I make the move. I think every other coach in the league makes that move, and I think Steve Wilkes will make that move if they're down twenty nothing at halftime. Well, when you look at the Bears, how do they match up with the Cardinals on Sunday? Well. You know, the good news is there that the offense of the Bears isn't overwhelming. It's not overpowering. They've got a great running back at Howard. They've got uh, some decent receivers. Allen Robinson has has had a a big start to his season. But you're talking about Mitchell Trubisky. You know, he doesn't doesn't wake you out of a cold nap. Don't learn in his way. But look, he's operating a far higher level than Sam Bradford is right now. So it's nothing you can take for granted. This defense of the Cardinals has to get after Trubisky, rattle him, get under his skin, push up his mark, make, force him to beat you, not the running game. Uh, and the problem there is that opposing quarterbacks have, have done that. They've made their, their quarterbacks have carved up this defense. 
they have to create pressure up the middle and from the edges. That's where Chandler Jones needs to get back to being Chandler Jones. Hopefully Marcus Golden is able to go for them, and he can provide that extra motor, that extra level. Uh, and if they get that outside pressure and a good push up the middle from Kandichi and Peters, Rodney Gunter, there's a chance they could really do some some scary things to, to Trubisky, who I think uh, will collapse. You've got to have constant pressure on him. And you look at the other side of the ball, obviously the big story is Khalil Mack on the Bears, and obviously the Cardinals have had trouble blocking a lot of people, so obviously Khalil Mack would be an issue. But how does the rest of the defense look to you? Well, they've got some guys there that nobody's talking about. Danny Trevathan, who's the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Leonard Floyd, who's the other outside pass rusher at outside linebacker. Prince Amakamura, a local kid from Apollo High School in Glendale, who had a pick six last week. Um, Khalil, as you mentioned, is the key to all this mess. He is just the best edge rusher in the league. And I think it's it's laughable that John Gruden yesterday created this fantastic soundbite about how hard it is to find a good edge rusher and how to keep him. You had the best pass rusher in a generation, and you decided not to pay him. Now, it may be true that Khalil wanted out. Uh, but I, I knew he was happy as a Raider. He's very happy right now as a Bear. He got the money that they wouldn't give him. He's he's making every single cent worth what they spent on him. And look, right now this guy's got like eight or ten tackles, two sacks, a pick six, two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery. As I as I mentioned in my story today, Ryan, he could have all that against the Cardinals in the first half alone by himself. Well, I guess uh, I think I know where you're leaning on this one then, but what are you thinking for this game? Any chance the Cardinals actually score some points and, who knows, maybe even get a win? They might score some points, but I don't see a win coming out of them yet. They're going to have to prove it to me and and to their fans and to everyone watching that they're a different team than they've shown the first two weeks. Um, So I can't predict anything but what I've seen. And what I've seen, it seems too hard to overcome in a week when you simplify your offense, if you do make personnel changes, which he's not going to – share with us just candidly i mean we're probably not going to see these changes come until sunday at kickoff and then throughout the game and and i suspect there will be more than what we talked about as far as personnel changes And i'm not talking about the quarterback um so it's hard for me to even think they have a sniff of a chance to win here i'm going to go with the bears winning by 21 points well, there's a lot to watch for, and hopefully it's entertaining enough to keep us watching this time. Uh, <laughs> that first two games have been some of the worst football we've ever seen. So, Well, it'll be indoors. You know, the roof will be, we'll have some air, air conditioning. There'll be some, you know, some fun, fun things happening inside, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll see if anyone can complete that burger challenge or something. Worst case scenario, we'll keep an eye on that. That might, that might be something we should try up in the press box. Uh, sure, yeah. I mean, if I have a death okay. wish. I don't know about you, but. You pay. You pay. I'll eat. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. Well, thanks for hopping on with us here, Bob. Uh, you all can follow him on Twitter at AZBobbyMack for updates leading up to and throughout the Bears game on Sunday. So thanks again and have a good time, Bob. Thanks, Ryan.